Welcome to the Ditch the Suits podcast, where we get real about the stuff no one in the financial world wants you to know about. Learn how you can better manage your family's wealth while protecting it from financial exploitation and so-called financial advisors. Here's to your financial awakening. Welcome your hosts, Steve Campbell and Travis Moss. Well, welcome back to Ditch the Suit. Steve Campbell here again with you. Uh, In this episode, we're going to be continuing our three-part series on sourcing income once you reach financial freedom. If you don't remember, when we say sourcing income, what we're talking about is the shift that many listeners are going to have to make when they move from being an accumulator or a saver to now have to begin to withdraw money from various investments or assets that they have. This represents a huge shift for many people, and they will admit that they just don't know how to do it. So in part two, we're going to be talking about setting yourself up for success when it comes to sourcing income. What does that mean? Well, in episode one, we talked about the fact that you're going to have to pay taxes. Newsflash. The tools or the investment vehicles you have are taxed very differently, though. Some are tax-deferred, others are tax-free, and some you pay taxes as you go. So which of these is right for you? We'll break these down and give you a frame of reference so it can help you make a plan. And if you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe and follow this podcast just so you never miss an episode. We'd also love to earn a five-star rating and have you leave a review because your review and rating can inspire someone else to become a believer. But thanks for being our guest. As always, it's your money and it's your life, and you only get one shot at this thing. We are here to help you get the most out of it. Well, welcome back to Ditch the Suit. Steve Campbell here with Travis Moss. We're going to get right into today's topic. You know, in our last uh, episode, we had talked about this idea of sourcing income and moving from being an accumulator in your working years or building your you know, money to the inevitable goal of financial freedom to now potentially having to draw money from your assets and your accounts. Uh, we had parked a little bit about this idea that everyone's going to have to pay taxes, but I think the big question is how can we potentially reduce our tax burden, not only in this year, but over the course of our entire lifetime? So what we're trying to get at is then how can you set yourself up for success as you begin to source or draw income? So Travis, I know there's a, some really good points that we want to hit on to kind of lay a framework. So to set yourself up for success, what are some things listeners need to know? Just to recap, taxes are not bad. Mm-hmm. The, the goal should not be zero. The goal should be properly managing your tax brackets and maximizing your situation based on how your assets are. We should not be looking at wait for ways to wipe out our, our tax bill at the same time we erode the value of our money. For instance, at the end of the year, if you own a business and the CPA says, go, go buy you know, a piece of farm machinery and you can wipe out your income and pay no taxes, what good does that do for you if you just have a lineup of tractors rusting all together because you don't really need it? You're actually losing value to get out of paying taxes. So if, if you need something, that brings you value and you use your money for that. And it just so happens to reduce your tax burden. Great. But we should stop trying to reduce our tax burden just for the sake of reducing it, because it almost always is going to either cost you money in the long run, or it's going to come back and bite you in the form of higher, well, which is, I guess, costing you money. It's going to come back and bite you in the form of higher taxes or your kids in higher taxes in the long run. There's very few ways to get out of your taxes. You can, you can, you have to either play your tax brackets, almost like, you know, playing the market, you have to you have to understand how they work and take advantage of the timing with it. Or like we talked about earlier, you have to, with the way current capital gains rules are, you have to die. And that's a bad plan. We don't like that plan. So aside from that, we have to set the foundation uh, and get the vernacular right. 
Uh, mm-hmm. People come in all the time and they say, I just want to live off of my income, off of the investments. I don't want to touch the principal. Yep. But if I were to say, look, you started with $100,000 and you now have $120,000, what do you call the interest on that? They'd probably say, well, the $20,000 I made. But that $20,000 is not just sitting there in cash like you would assume like if you got that through your paycheck. Part of that is capital gains. Or I bought something for $100 and it's now worth 110 And that's part of that. So I have some of that. I have some interest. I maybe have some dividends all mixed in. And I have a total return of 20%. But they said, no, no, I'm only going to spend my interest. Or they often might mean dividends type of thing. Okay. So let's say that you average 9% a year and you're planning on retiring, 9% in total return, and, and you're, you plan on retiring next year but you're only going to live in your dividends and your dividends of your portfolio is only 1.3%. So you're only going to take out 1.3% a year. Most people are not going to be able to retire on that amount of income off of their investments. There is a a ratio there normally where, you know, there has to be kind of like a a healthy spend out of assets. Some people get there and they don't need their assets at all. But for most people, we need to spend something out of our retirement accounts. So it's not about principal and interest as much as it's about total return. If you need to withdraw four and a half percent or 5% or 3% or whatever the percentage is to meet your income needs, then you need to make more than that to maintain your portfolio. It's pretty easy. It's even better if instead of saying, instead of starting with percentages, which change based on how much your balance changes, we do fixed dollars. So if I have a million dollars and I want 4%, and I said that with air quotes, but I want 4%. I'm really saying I want $40,000 a year. So I need a portfolio that can sustain $40,000 a year plus um, inflation, according to whatever types of inflation are going to be, are going to impact my spending. Because, you know, if I don't have kids in college or if I have uh, good healthcare, I may not, you know, inflation may not be as bad for me as somebody who doesn't. But so inflation adjusted um, number. So I might start with 40,000 and it might have to go up by a percent and a half a year, but it's a fixed number. And I'm looking at my portfolio saying, how do I get that fixed number out of my portfolio? The percentage is important as kind of a litmus test, but that should not be your only driver because it's literally changing every day what percentage you're taking out. So that'll just kind of make you sick to your stomach if you're just watching percentages all the time. Then I think you need to think about the taxes. So we just talked a lot about taxes. Well, if I'm going to take $40,000 out of my account this year or my portfolio in general, well, what makes up my portfolio? What makes up my portfolio is all the different investment accounts I have. And you can't just say, well, no, no, no. I'm just going to talk about my retirement accounts. Because if you take all $40,000 out of that and you happen to be in the 22% tax bracket, you have to take 40,000 gross up by 22%. And you also have to pay the income taxes on the 22% you took out to pay the income taxes on, right? So you, you have to just do a lot of math to actually come up. You have to gross it up to account for the income taxes. Right. And you're sitting on $300,000 of cash in the bank. So you took money out in the 22% tax bracket so that you would not have to spend your cash, which you paid no taxes on. This is getting kind of crazy. So understanding that, okay, if you have different types of accounts, what's the best way to use them to minimize your tax burden? Maybe you wanted to take that 40000 out of the IRA to reduce your future 
required minimum distribution, which we talked about last time. But what if you don't want to take the tax dollars out of that too? Because it throws you up into the 24% bracket or some kind of scenario like that. Well, if you have that cash sitting around, maybe the cash is a part of this. Maybe, Maybe the cash covers the taxes and the IRA proceeds cover your spending needs. Right. Or ultimately you take 40,000 out of the IRA and throw it into your cash account and then cover your spending needs and your taxes out of the cash account. So your savings value, you know, if you had 300,000 at the beginning of the year, will come down throughout the course of the year as you pay your quarterly estimated taxes. But it's important to understand how the taxes of each account are going to impact how much you have to spend to meet your financing goal. If I have after-tax investments and we have gains of about 30% against the, the, the value, let's say you have $100,000 of investments and $30,000 in capital gains, is that equally is that shared equally? Meaning, are there any investments within your account where you don't have as much capital gains on? Or is, it, is everything up 30%, which is almost never the case unless you only own one or two things? Right, right. So are there certain things that I can sell to raise money to pay my income without disproportionately increasing my income taxes? For instance, what if I'm I have income of forty thousand dollars and I need an additional forty thousand dollars, but if I trigger a bunch of capital gains, some of the money is gonna end up getting up into the, the threshold where it gets taxed at 15%. But I have all this cash sitting there. I, I really ought to be using some of that cash to keep me under a certain threshold so that I don't just inadvertently create income taxes out of thin air that otherwise wouldn't have been due. So I think I think if we understand our accounts and the different rules, when I when I look at somebody's balance sheet and I see that they have a Roth, an IRA, you know, any kind of variations of those accounts, like a Roth 401k or simple IRA or whatever. And then they have after-tax funds or savings and CDs and that kind of stuff. Again, back to how you set that up at the bottom is the tax impact, you know, the, the tax liability, it comes out of your, your gross worth and helps you create a net worth. But I look at that as a giant household portfolio. And so within your portfolio, you have all these sub-accounts. One happens to be your retirement account from work. One happens to be your Roth account. One happens to be your brokerage account. One happens to be your savings and and checking account. And almost like you would look at four different investments and say, which ones are the best ones to sell right now or put more money in? Mm -hmm. You should be doing that when you're thinking about sourcing income out of it. Which Which one or multiples of ones, you know, make the most sense to take money out of right now. Yeah. You know, how do I mix and match this to to take advantage of my tax bracket? Some people, I had one guy one time come in, he's like, I'm going to use my, I'm cashing my Roth out to pay off my mortgage. I'm like, oh, so you're, he's literally in the 12% tax bracket. And the mortgage was like only like 3%. And he was averaging like, you know, a lot of money. It doesn't matter what he's averaging. He's averaging a lot more than 3%. A year in return. And he also had like half a million dollars in after-tax investments. Well, the only way to get money into your Roth when you're done working, when you no longer work, is through a Roth conversion. You can't, you can't take it out and just like shove it back in there in six months, right? There, there is, you could do a rollover type of thing, but in general, there you're limited as to how you can get money in there. 
And he was going to use it to, to cash out and pay something that he was, there's a spread between what he was making interest wise. Let's pretend he was making 8% a year total return. Yep. yep. And he's paying 3% in uh mortgage. Like there's a 5% difference there. Which balance sheet is going to be bigger in the future? The one with that 5% difference or the one who doesn't have anything generating that 5% difference? Yeah. First issue. The second issue is why would you do that instead of using your, your after-tax or your cash investments? Great question. Because, because that money is creating a tax bill every day that it makes you money. The Roth doesn't. So why would you cash out something that is perpetually growing tax-free to protect something that keeps growing as at a tax you know, keeps growing a tax burden. So, so we need to, you know, these are discussions that you should be having and things you should be looking at is how do I take advantage of my household portfolio here, a global portfolio to maximize the different types of not only investments, but actual taxation on them. Well, and you're raising so many uh, points to bring it all uh, home and no pun intended talking about looking at it as a household you know, we, we are here to help drive education and help people make really good decisions. You know, investing can be difficult with how challenging the market, the economy is, knowing which companies are going to do well, which companies are not. That That's a fairly difficult thing for most people to know. But on the flip side, there are other things that we tend to avoid that are actually things that are within our control that we just aren't spending enough time paying attention to because we feel like we don't have control in that area. Meaning that if I listen to you, you just talked about probably a lot of retirees, different scenarios. They have these various different accounts, whether it's cash, IRAs, Roth accounts, brokerage accounts, what have you. There's probably a lot of listeners that could nod and say, yeah, we, we have those. And you talked about a scenario in which someone is trying to do something that they think is noble or good and pay off their mortgage the value or the heart behind it is, that's great. I can understand why you might want to do that, but it's the execution that there's maybe a lack of understanding or not seeing the total picture, which is what you're trying to paint. If you have other tools in your quiver, why wouldn't you consider those first? And I think what happens is a lot of times people just don't know that they could have done that. So what we are trying to do is help you understand that when you're operating this thing called a money business, where you're sourcing income for your life, picking investments can be extremely challenging. And that's what people want to know. What investments should I buy to help me get more money? I think sometimes it's also then doing the other things really, really well. That's actually what helps build true wealth, right? You could pick up a stock and it could take off and good for you, right? That, that was great. But you could also make sure that you're not hurting yourself by not understanding that sometimes what seems to be noble, right, true, whatever you want to call it, paying off your mortgage with this account, what if you could have used that money from a different source that would have helped you achieve the goal because you have an asset that's actually growing? Why would you want to sell that off to get rid of something? So I know this is going to sound really simplistic in nature, but a lot of times when you talk with people about these things, they look at each other like, we didn't know we could do that. So it's bringing education to the forefront, right? Around the idea of we're all going to have to pay taxes. Some a lot of taxes, some not a lot of taxes, but it's more so what you're getting to. And that's what I love about doing this show with you. It's, it's part of my job to bring kind of the, the genius, the forefront, the things that I think we do every single day to help people and take this information and go find people that can help you do it. But it's more about 
empowering you to understand that you probably have more control over your life in certain areas than you even realize. It's about not only sourcing income, but sourcing good information that gives you the ability to say, hey, if we did this, we understand how that also affects this other area of our life and not just making decisions in a vacuum. And so, you know, I think this is really a powerful conversation that I don't want to get lost because there's a lot of people that I think are trying to be good stewards. They're trying to make sure they're doing the right things with their money. And again, paying off your mortgage sounds great. Yeah, I'm debt free. But the way in which you do it is I think where, I don't want to call it a mistake because that can seem condemning and we're not condemning you. If that's something that you did, you didn't know any better, right? But what if you could have known better and you were about to go do that? And this is causing you to pause for a second and go, wait, 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 I'd rather do that because I understand the ramifications. So not sure if that sparked any ideas in you, partner, but kind of as I was talking through that, is that a lot of what you've seen is maybe just the lack of knowing what people actually have the capacity to do with the tools that they have? Well, I think it starts with, the pre-programming from the industry. I think the industry doesn't help people in this, the financial planning and investment industry. For instance, most people, if they have experience dealing with an advisor, goes to the advisor and they start talking about something that overlays into taxes and they won't touch it. They say, well, you know, consult your tax advisor. And anybody who's dealt with any of these financial firms, you see the disclosures and all the time you see talk to your financial or talk to your tax advisor, yep. you know, or your CPA. And I, and I would push back on this and say, well, how can you be a financial advisor if you can't tell me the impact of the taxes? And it is not simple. So somebody who has accumulated a lot of resources and is doing this kind of planning, you can't have the person who, who, who is kind of like winging their way through it. For instance, you have to understand there's a lot of variables. If you're, yeah. going, to, if you're going to be in a taxable situation where you are going to have tax capital gains every single year, you have to be able to build a model that shows that every single year. That's a constant. It's not It's not a variable like, well, if I don't have that, I can do this, right. right? Like if I'm going to proactively manage it, it has to be built in. I have to consciously make a decision to say, I'm going to create something that's going to cause taxes like this because my long-term projections point me in that direction and I need to get ahead of it. Yep. You can make tens or hundreds or even seven figures worth of difference if you project this out over your kids' lifetimes too, difference just in the tax dollars. But yeah, our profession, you know, people come and sit with an advisor and they go, that's I can't do that. That you go talk to your tax tax professional or tax advisor. And the reason why they do that is because they're not really financial planners. They you signed an agreement that said that they're your investment manager and they do some financial planning for you, limited in scope to XYZ. And their fiduciary responsibility starts here and ends here. They're, they, 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 they're not open. Their, their firm does not want them to take the responsibility right. of actually helping you understand how the taxes are going to impact you as well to a nuanced point. Not just, hey, in general, this is how it works, but for you particularly, yep. this is what you need to be doing to maximize your tax situation in considering how things look long term. This is the difference that that can make to you. That's a lot of work. That is not just I can get ready five minutes before the appointment and 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 actually help you. And it's not something that a lot of firms out there are geared to do. But I think it is absolutely one hundred percent critical when you're talking about good comprehensive financial planning. So if you hear the word comprehensive around the financial planning or or holistic, and there's not a, a deep conversation about taxes like we're having today, uh, do some shopping. 
run. Um, and folks, if this is your first Ditch the Suits episode, I think you just saw my co-partner Travis come alive talking about the industry. And that's a big that's a big proponent of why we created Ditch the Suits, which is to bring meaningful conversations that we believe people need to be exposed to, to help better improve themselves. And if you have no idea what Travis was just talking about, if you went to sit with a doctor to talk about some problem area of your life, and there was a set of x-rays that they're just not going to look at, that could help understand what's really going on with your health. And you said, yeah, but what about this part? Well, that's, that's not what I do. You would, it would behoove you to probably talk to somebody that's going to show you the whole picture of what's going on so that you don't do something unknowingly that could set you back by operating when you shouldn't operate or cutting into yourself when you shouldn't be doing that. So again, we, we're trying to help you understand that there's a lot of people that I think at the end of the day are wanting to make good investments. That That's wonderful. You're wanting to set your kids up for success. We're all for it. We're going to champion you there. You want to make sure you're living your best life. We are 100% behind you. But at the end of the day, it's the really small decisions that you make one after another, understanding the totality of your situation, that to Travis's point, what if you had the ability to not pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes, not only the course of your lifetime, but your children's life, by just understanding the entire picture every time you do something and knowing that with every decision, there's a ramification, some good, some bad, but at least it lets give you the cheat sheet to know where are you in the game? How is the game supposed to be played? So you know if you're moving the ball forward. So we got one more episode in the series. Uh, as always, we appreciate you taking the time. We know we talked about a lot of numbers and terms and things. So if it's overwhelming, shoot us an email. We're happy to help point you in the right direction. But again, the whole idea behind this series is to help empower you as you're working towards the financial freedom, continue to make one good decision after another. Well, thanks for listening. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to this entire episode. Uh, we hope that this information has inspired you and empowered you to go out and live your best life. But let's be honest, you might have a question or two about some of the things we talked about today. If this is you, Travis and I are here to help in any way that we can. You can reach out to us and follow us on social media on Facebook at CPG. You can send us an email, uh, info at seedpg.com. Just let us know in the email. This is in regards to ditch the suits, a question or topic you might want us to cover. Or you can visit our website, which is seedpg.com. That's seedpg.com. Head up to that right corner, fill out that contact us button, and just let us know in the comments that this is in regards to ditch the suits. If you have a question, a series of questions, or anything we can do to help you on your journey to financial freedom, Travis and I are here to help. So again, it's your money and it's your life. You only get one shot at this thing. Our job is to make sure you get the most out of it. Thanks for being our guest. And until next time, have a great day. Thanks for listening. Ready to ditch the suits? Remember, it's your money and your life. For more information, visit seedpg.com. That's seedpg.com. If this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. And be sure to share with a friend.